0: leave
1: Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Kristen Stoneking, the senior pastor here.
2: And I'm Brian Adkins, associate pastor. Our mission here is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Our podcast blends a taste of the
1: music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a
0: message in heaven, feed me till I, till I walk.
3: more.
4: scripture comes from 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 12 through 14 there follows a second verse which is also from 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 6 through 11 dear friends do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever, amen holy wisdom holy words thanks be to god
1: i will come to you in the silence i will lift you from all your fear you will hear my voice i claim you as my choice be still and know i am here. i am hope for all who are hopeless I am eyes for all who long to see. In the shadows of the night, I will be your light. Come and rest in me. Do not be afraid, I am with you. I have called you each by name. Come and follow me, I will bring you. the world cannot give, I will call your name, embracing all your pain, stand up now, walk and live, do not be afraid, I am with you, I have called you each by name, come and follow me, I will bring you home. You are mine.
2: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our collective hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. And not because of me, but in spite of me, let your people. Hear your words, amen. In these challenging times, there is a lot of apprehension, worry, and uncertainty that we're having to navigate. And that is in addition to trying to stay safe from attracting COVID-19. In these new days, we are having to cope with losing control of what was our daily routine. We're even making new routines or changing the ones we had. For some, it is the helplessness of the situation that is overwhelming, the isolation of being at home all the time or being at home by ourselves and feeling alone and stuck. For many, it is a domino effect that is impacting their household's financial stability. Truly, these are anxious times, and even as our cities are starting to open up, and news reports that the freeways are beginning to see more traffic, we are still uncertain of what is ahead. I am reminded of the Exodus story of the Israelites as they left Egypt after more than 400 years of oppression and slavery. I imagine there was a lot of excitement of the new life ahead, yet there had to be anxiety and uncertainty. They could only take what they could carry. They got to the seashore, and I imagine the growing uneasiness when they didn't see that there was a way forward. Yet we know they did. They got across the sea, and they know they are free as no one can come from behind. Were they satisfied in knowing that their God, the same God for you and me today, brought them safely after all the plagues and deaths? I imagine, no, actually, I know from the Exodus story that the majority wanted to turn back to what they left behind because that was what they knew was comfortable and familiar. They had adopted to their lifestyles in Egypt, even if it was under oppression. They had built a life that was familiar, but through Moses and Aaron, they were challenged to keep pressing forward. They were reminded of what God had in store for them, of a new land filled with many promises. This tension of the familiarity of the past and anxiety of what's to come or when that will happen reminds me of a story of a migrant family who the grandmother and her granddaughter left their family to travel to the United States in 1971 to seek a new life for the rest of the family. This grandmother named Nana and her granddaughter Kay came and lived in a studio where neither knew the English language nor the land. It was little Kay who picked up the English language quickly and would translate for them. They had to figure out the bus system to travel for necessities and eventually babysitting jobs. Kay recalls the nights when she cried alongside Nana after their evening prayers before bed or after their morning prayers when they got up, as that was their daily routine. Kay cried along, not because she knew why her Nana was crying, but because she felt her Nana's pain of isolation and loneliness. Years later, as a grown-up, Kay reflected on how she understood that in those tears, Her Nana was yearning for her family, for what was familiar, for the life that she had left behind, her own mother and siblings, not knowing how long this liminal space of waiting, praying, sewing would take to bring forth something new for her family. Kay recalls how there had to be moments in those lonely days when Nana was away from her husband and family, that she had to have been afraid or questioning their decision for her and this little girl to be the initial seekers. In Genesis 12, 11, we learn how God gave Moses and Aaron instructions on how the Israelites were to dress while eating their Passover meal as part of their preparation for leaving Egypt. They were to eat with their cloaks tucked into their belts, sandals on their feet, and staff in hand. They were not free, and yet they were to prepare themselves as if they were. God said he would lead them out of Egypt. Their preparation was an act of faith. They would need this faith when they were in that liminal space of leaving Egypt and growing of their faith and courage before getting to the freedom they were seeking in the promised land that was before them. They, like me, when I was considering all the things that cause anxiety, must have felt overwhelmed at the many uncertainties, restrictions, and helplessness that are key stressors. Today's scripture from 1 Peter 4, 12 reminds us that we should not be surprised at the ordeal that is taking place amongst us to test us as though something strange is happening to us, that we need not be fearful of being uncomfortable or when sharing and suffering like Christ did. But we do not suffer for doing wrong, but sometimes for doing what is right. 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us that we are to cast all our anxiety on God who cares for us. Jesus' suffering reminds us that to live the gospel is threatening. The threat to the empire or the power structure of the early church was not that this group of Christians believed Jesus was the son of God or that he rose from the dead. The threat was that Jesus, not Caesar, was Lord. Contrary to the early church who faced hostility today, we are free in the U.S. to practice and live out our faith. But can it be that today's churches have become irrelevant because the gospel message of liberation has been traded for conformity and involvement with or support of the empire or the structures of power and privilege? that maybe more focus should be on correct action and less on correct doctrine to bring about justice? This morning, scripture calls us to be alert and resist giving into our anxieties, the challenges that may seem overwhelming, but to be firm and unwavering in our faith as we are not alone in our struggle because we all struggle together. The Christian faith is not individualistic. No, we are invited to become part of the one body of Christ, which is larger than the troubles, successes, and frustrations of any one person. First Peter 5 9 reminds us that as Christians who are part of the whole, we are part of the whole, this understanding is part of the larger whole, allows us to emphasize and achieve solidarity. While the Israelites' previous life was under captivity and oppression, and their faith prepared them to walk forward, still they struggled, even when God provided food daily and for all their needs. I am certain they cast their anxieties and prayers to God, and yet they struggle with the waiting and uncertainties. They want to change immediately. Sound familiar? In these unprecedented times of great uncertainty and challenges, How are we dealing with anxiety? How are we making room for what is new that is yet to come? Perhaps a return to the basics of the beauty that has always been around us in the lilies of the valley, like the beautiful images from your homes that we have enjoyed over the last 10 weeks in our worship services while we are sheltering in place? Or can it be that the something new is beyond what is comfortable? What will become of your anxieties? With God's leading, my time with you, my dear Epworth family, and my time at the Claremont School of Theology has propelled, actually no, equipped me to evaluate how I use my voice, my time and resources. I feel a burning in my spirit to evaluate my own privilege and comfort in how I serve. Like you, my husband Tame and I support feeding ministries, health and mental support ministries, those that may not have a home, but just within the comforts of our personal boundaries. But because of you, Epworth, and what I have learned from you, I am challenged to lean into my personal anxieties on social issues of racism that is easy to gloss over like the senseless killing of Ahmad Arbery, a 25-year-old young African-American man jogging on his daily run in his Georgia neighborhood in February that took months to get the attention needed to seek justice. Or the recent CNN report that while most of us are staying home, trying to figure out how to work remotely or worrying about paying bills, Asian Americans are doing all of that while also fearing for their safety. The FBI reported that Chinese and Asian Americans are now experiencing increased hate crimes due to the coronavirus global outbreak. How am I redirecting my anxieties to speak up and stand up with these brothers and sisters of mine? How am I intentionally challenging myself to move from the comforts of my predominantly inward facing focus to truly an outward facing focus as Jesus has modeled for all of us. Remember the story of Nana and Kay? That is my story with my beloved grandmother when she and I first came to the US and landed in Hawaii where her brother was to help with our immigration papers. I was brought with her because I was not yet in school and she was my babysitter and I would keep her company. That was courage to me to bring a small child to a new land. What I learned at her knee was the reminder that with God, all things are possible. Not easy, but possible that she and my papa left the home where they were comfortable and where they would have had their needs met. However, she willingly chose to lean into her anxieties because she and my papa imagine opportunities for us that can only be characterized as visions from a dream. She reminded me that I stand on shoulders who sacrifice greatly that what little I have, I am to share with those behind me. And leading meant serving others in love to honor God. In her quiet yet determined way, she, like you, taught me the importance of seeking justice in forgiving and nonviolent ways. Even though I had to translate for them both when they became US citizens when I was in junior high, Voting was a privilege they never missed an opportunity to exercise. That period before my papa and the rest of our family moved to the U.S., my Nana endured a lot of anxiety, but she chose to trust God and look beyond the uncertainty and her own limits to prepare for what is new that awaits ahead. Today, My papa and Nana's legacy is over 100 people in number with grands, great-grands, and great-great-grandchildren. While they have both been called home to glory, their remaining children and us, their grandchildren, share with our kids their stories of faith, courage, that no-quit spirit and determination in the face of anxiety, scarcity, and uncertainties to remind them of who they are and where they come from. It is in that spirit of gratitude, I thank you at birth for making space in your hearts for me since I came to you last year. Thank you for teaching me each time I was with you in person by email, text, phone, or by Zoom to prepare me for what is new that awaits me. Where I have fallen short, I ask you to please forgive me as I forgive you. Please know that I love you one and all as I prepare to say goodbye at the end of this month. It has been truly a great blessing for me to be one of your pastoral interns and my sincerest gratitude to pastor Kristen and pastor Brian for sharing of their care, leadership, and wisdom. So today, I leave you asking that in spite of the varying range of feelings we experience during these unprecedented times while sheltering in place, please let us not waste these anxieties, but make room for what is new that awaits us. Let us be reminded that with God all things are possible. Be tenacious to hold on for the prophecy that is ours, liberated and led by the Holy Spirit. God bless and keep you, my dearest Epworth family. Amen. When the
1: storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the world is tossing me like a ship upon the sea, Thou who rulest wind and water, stand by me.
2: You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Brian Adkins, associate pastor here. We'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins Street at the corner of Napa and Hopkins. And I'm Senior Pastor Kristen Stoneking. If you
1: connect to our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley. Stand by me In the midst of faults and failures Stand by me When I've done the best I can my friends misunderstand. Thou who knowest all about me, stand by me. In the midst of persecution, stand by me. In the midst of persecution, stand by me. When my foes in war array, take to stop my way. Thou who save it, Paul and Silas, stand by me. When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me.